It was the highest grossing R-rated film for years. It's considered one of the most controversial films of all time. It is the most successful Christian film. That was Passion of the Christ. And this is Godfellas. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Godfellas, the small group that meets online. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Jimmy. I'm Mr. Brandon. And I'm Mr. Michael. And tonight, we are going to be talking about the highly popular, I don't know if that's the right word, uh, the very well-known, The Passion of the Christ. So, this is an interesting one, (laughs) um, because there's a lot of Christian movie... Po- review podcasts out there and this one doesn't get talked about a lot because uh it's a bit of a tricky subject so right off the bat i want to say we all realize the impact of this film and we do want to be respectful to everybody's experience with the film we are not talking about the actual passion we are talking about the movie but mm-hmm. if you feel uncomfortable it is totally okay if you want to sit this episode out or take a step back it's a wild one we are ending mark madness with this this movie which do you all remember where you were when uh, the passion of the christ came out oh i do absolutely <laughs> go for it so, two th- so 2004 correct i was yeah. a year out of high school i was probably 18 years old uh, brand new freshman at Mount Vernon Nazarene University. Uh, go Cougars. And I remember there being some buzz and I was, and I, you know, chatted with my youth pastor about it and my church, my home church in Vandalia, Ohio, like many other churches rented out a theater or a showing of uh, the passion and we had a little worship service to uh, get things kicked off. So, like, the movie rolls in at what? Uh, is it two hours on the dot? Almost? Two hours, yeah. Just so, over, yeah. So, shoot, yeah. this would have been probably a two and a half hour, two maybe maybe a three hour service for the Vandalia congregation. Um, but yeah, that was that was the last time I have seen this movie. By the way, until I watched wow. it yesterday. Yeah. Interesting. So. Uh, Michael, I know you were raised like in Texas, so but you also said this is the first time you've seen this movie, correct? First time I've seen the movie. I knew about the the talk about it, but what I remember about it, I must have been, and this is the context for which I probably don't remember a whole lot about it. I would have been probably in fourth or fifth grade at the time. Fifth. How old are you? Twenty nine, as of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, me, me too. So in a few like weeks. So yeah, I was in fifth grade. Yeah, I just I think what I remember uh, as a kid remembering was that it was rated R. I think that was the thing wow. that struck me. It was a it was a Christian associated uh, piece that had an R rating on it. Um, and then I have existed as a Christian man up until this point without having ever seen it. And so wow. the impact, I think, was all 
um, secondhand for me, like listening to other people talk about it and then honestly forgetting. I don't remember a whole lot about the like the climate when this came out. My contribution to like my take on it was uh, as an actor, at some point I remember being fascinated about Jim Caviezel's experience like playing Jesus. Gosh, yeah. And now yeah. on the other end of it, I'm realizing how Christian actor fanboy of me that was and going into this movie how much I had to rein in that like period of my life where I was like oh well so and so is actually a professed Christian actor as if like I'm keeping a tally of all the people on our team in the film industry and now after going to acting school I don't (laughs) ever want to think about things that way ever again Um, but I didn't, I, I, I think that was the primary thing I remember about it. I remembered it was, it was a Christian movie, but it also was rated R, which was not a, as a kid was not a Christian thing to do. So that Mm. was, it was the anomaly of the film in that respect. And, uh, and, and pastor Jimmy. Yeah. So I was just one grade behind y'all when it came out. Um, (laughs) but I saw it in sixth grade at a youth group event. So, uh, that was, so that was the young. first showing. So I had, I'd actually seen the South Park episode before I had seen the actual movie. <laughs> so that colored my opinion a little bit. But yeah, it oh was... Uh, but this recent watch, just a, a couple hours ago, I was fascinated. We were talking about the R rating. Um, it's violence and then comma, on at least on Amazon, it's violence, comma, and alcohol. As if that has anything to do with the gravity or seriousness of this situation in this movie. So if you're sensitive, if you're not cool about watching people drink alcohol, do not watch The Passion of the Christ. It is too much. Well, so when, when I was a child, I saw a surprise production of like a passion play, like didn't know what it was. And like saw the whole thing acted up and it was like traumatic for me. I think I was like five and like I was like my whole body was like shaking and I was crying. And then like next year when we had to go back, I was like telling my parents, I was like, I'm not going, which kids say all the time. But my mom was just like, you like went white as a sheet and were like terrified. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going. You were traumatized. Absolutely. That's 100% what it was. So... Then maybe a few years later, I'm at the movie theater and I see the poster for The Passion of the Christ. It's like a coming soon in the lobby. And I was just like, nah, you've like, you have got to be kidding me. And then seeing like the trailer and like this movie was everywhere. Like it was a huge rite of passage. It was on TV all the time. And I was like, oh, I don't want to see this. But I don't know if, if you would, if any of you felt this way but it felt like a rite of passage for like a christian kid or a christian to see this movie like it was like you ask jesus to come into your heart you read the bible you see the passion of the christ and those are the three you know like it it felt very much that way so i remember the first time i i watched it it was like all right like this is this is the moment that my life is going to change dramatically and uh I, I think I was in high, I was like a freshman in high school, which uh, I was not ready. I think the first time I watched the movie, I actually watched it on mute just because like I couldn't like I could not take it. Like, I think once it got up to because you hear about like the scenes in this movie. And I think once it got to the whipping scene, I was just like, I'm not watching this and just like totally skipped that. But uh, yeah, and it's interesting 
I've seen this movie like multiple times since seeing it. Like there was a point where I'd watch it like every Good Friday hmm. as like wow. a sense of obligation and and duty. And I did a lot of research, more research than normal for this podcast. I watched all the behind the scenes. I watched uh, Mel Gibson's Diane Sawyer interview. And uh, I feel very ready to talk about this movie. Uh, and Michael, I think I'm, I'm most curious because you you're coming in fresh. Yeah. Uh, what, what did you What did you think of the movie? Um, I there's I have so many. I have <laughs> how can I possibly be concise? Um, yeah. I. For some reason, because of the tone of the movie, I equate this. I have we all have movies that you're like, you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch this movie. Yes. And one of them is Christian Mingle. And uh, <laughs> but the one I thought about before that was like, it's a, like Moulin Rouge. No one like on a yeah. Thursday goes like, you know what I want to watch right now? Like a Baz Luhrmann film. Like no one has yes. said that ever. And it's kind of the same thing with this. It was like, I have to like carve out time to be able to like be in the headspace to watch this movie. And that being said, I was surprised how much I was able to like get through it. I'm not really a gore person. Like no. it was the one reason I really couldn't get through the new Suicide Squad. Um, I was like, I'm, woo, I was, I, I, I'm overloaded with gore very quickly, but it wasn't gore so much as just a ton of blood. Um, and speaking of the, the alcohol, there was more wine Spat than consumed in this movie. <laughs> the the <laughs> what's what's something I can say without just like taking control of the entire thing. Um, <laughs> the, I think the parts I appreciated the most where was where the director and the actors got out of the way and just allowed the researched reality of the movie to take over. I thought the mm. movie was mo the movie was most impactful for me when I was allowed to speculate what people were feeling and witness mm. it um, without too much of a show of force. Um, mm. um, I cry much more at movies now than I used to. Uh, and I definitely was a tearjerker for me on a, on a number of different levels. And I think one of the main reasons, the two main reasons were it's just a pretty unapologetic um, uh, portrait of human suffering. And mm. that was the, of, of the one interview I watched, Mel Gibson used the phrase, Mis the mystery of suffering um, around mm. the event. Um, and then uh, the other most impactful moments were getting to imagine letting let, letting me go the 10% at imagining how Christ almost isn't the main character or focus of the film uh, like at, at each character like Mary and Judas and Peter and Magdalene all kind of have a turn to experience yeah. it along with us and interesting the moments where I realized how they must be specifically perceiving it based on their relationship with Christ was the most impactful bit for me from a storytelling perspective. That's kind of my overall take on the on the movie. Other than that, I'm not sure how I feel about the movie as a whole. I think sure. there were some successful moments, but uh, that, that's my first take after after yeah. viewing it. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, how are you? Because you and I were kind of texting back and forth. You wanted to watch Party, the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of didn't have time, unfortunately. 
But um, how are you? Because you had seen it once years ago. So right. how yeah. are you feeling going into it? And how are you feeling now? Yeah, I was pretty apprehensive. I remember not being thrilled about um, it just felt like an undertaking, a chore uh, to yeah. watch this movie again. And keep in mind, the last time I saw this movie was in 2004 in the theater. So um, I right. it, it, it apparently made quite an impression on me. So. Um, I, I do remember there being um, a couple moments that um, uh, felt inspirational to me um, yeah. early on. And uh, I will say those moments um, hit me the same way uh, this yeah. this time through. So the, the, those things do exist in this movie. I, I remember, though, feeling like... Um, this time around, they went too they went too far. It just felt mm. like it was just it was just too much. Um, mm. There's a way to do this. Uh, we we can accomplish more than one thing at the same time. We can mm-hmm. tell a story. We can be accurate, and we can keep the audience engaged and not you know send them crawling under the couch so like i feel Mm. like we are able to do this you know we it doesn't remove accuracy to dial back some of the um i mean the the gore almost feels salacious in the in this movie so Mm. uh i don't know i i just i think there there was a uh, there was a needle to thread and we just couldn't quite make it happen and and Jimmy, as the the resident pastor on the uh, <laughs> in the house, actually Michael too, right? You can officiate weddings. <laughs> I can, and anyone can yeah. by going to a website and paying upwards <laughs> of probably about twenty bucks. So oh, make it happen, okay. kids. Well. <laughs> make it happen. Follow your dreams. Follow your <laughs> dreams. Get people married. Yeah. Uh, like as I think, as you've you know spent time studying the Bible and also being a guy who really likes movies. Uh, yeah. What do you think there? Like Michael, it's, it's hard to be concise. Uh, as yeah. a movie, I was, I was thinking during watching it, like this movie is 18 years old. Kids who were born on opening day are now voting. Right. right. And it still looks like it could have came out this year. Like it's a really oh, sure. good looking mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was surprised when I think of the passion, I always start, the triumphal entry in my head. Yeah. That's kind of where, so like in the, I've once again, it's been 15, 16 years since I've seen it. So opening up in the garden and just right boom in the middle of it really took me by surprise. And knowing the two hour runtime, I was like, how are, how is this going to take two hours? Cause in like a, a son of God or another comparable movie, this whole sequence is like maybe a half hour ish, maybe 45 yeah. minutes at most. So how are we going to spend 120 minutes in this scene, but yeah, I think it's super powerful. Um, I don't, we could talk later. I don't know exactly who the audience is. I don't really mm. know if this is an evangelical kind of movie, like kind of like, Hey, sure. bring your, your questioning friend over to movie night and have them watch this guy get beat up. Cause there's not really pointing to Jesus as the Messiah. They mention it, but there's nothing besides a healing of the ear and people saying it to, to make me look that mm. way. But yeah, it's, it's powerful, but as a believer, it was a sobering reminder of why Jesus came to earth and, and why he had to suffer. So mm. I walked away. It was mm. definitely an uneasy 120 minutes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, I think, Jimmy, you've kind of brought up one of my one of my things is 
it's interesting because I was talking with a friend yesterday who uh, is, you know, uh, a writer and a director, and he was saying, you can't watch this as a movie. You have to think of it more like a filmed pageant, kind of. And I think one of the things that jumps out about that is I do think it's very well made by Mel Gibson. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of inspired choices, some that don't necessarily work. But I think the way he moves the camera, the, some of the shots that he gets, the I mean, it's definitely, you know, motivated. But and with all, you know, love and respect, we do need to say Mel Gibson is a crazy person. Like he is like he is not well. Like if you watch him in interviews, he seems unhinged and like very disturbed. And his mo- all of his movies are insanely violent, mm-hmm. you know? So so it's kind of one of those things where you watch this movie and it's and you know, I don't want to say it's in his wheelhouse, but it is like through and through like a a Mel Gibson film, you know? And, uh, you know, I think personally, I do find it powerful in a lot of places, but at the same time, I I think it would be hard to sell this as an evangelical tool. And that's what they were pushing this as, by the mm-hmm. way. Like, they were pushing this, Jimmy, like exactly what you said, like, take your friends who are questioning or people who have lapsed in their face to, to come and see this movie. The problem there, I think, though, is that none of the, aside from from like Jesus, n- you don't really understand any of the characters' motivations. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I am not a Jewish man, and so you know, I want to bring up the claims of anti-Semitism delicately. But I, I think the main issue is that the priests in this movie are your main bad guys. And their motivations for wanting to kill Jesus are not clear to the audience. And I don't think they were directed to have motives. I think they were directed as go be the bad guys, which, you know, Michael, you you can probably speak to this as an actor is really like not that much of a challenge because it's like go be like mean and evil. And then, I, you know, I do. I was thinking about this pilot. Historically, if you look at scripture was like a very violent like guy there's even speculation that like his trial of Jesus he was using to make fun of the Jewish leaders to remind them like you don't have any power there's a lot of talk about like he wasn't like True. the indecisive you know nice man that sometimes he's portrayed as and i think this movie goes for that like oh poor pilot like he he just <laughs> wants and then you have like the the Jewish leaders are like just pure like cruel evil Mm -hmm. and calculated as well like i think it hit me when they after kind of like the the mock trial um when they leave the building like the entire kind of very fanatical um uh um what am i thinking of fanatical sort of energy drops and they like check in on the crowd before they before they leave and that um so I I think that makes perfect sense. That was the thing I would love to hear uh, Brandon a little bit more about the how you thought the gore was too far because I think the thing that took me out of it was the grotesqueness of the people yes. who were assigned to beat and mock 
Jesus. And the, and the fact that they like to, to speak maybe meta, mm-hmm. yep. they made sure yep. they hired ugly, not good looking people who were given direction to like lick their lips and like do be be mm-hmm. what could easily be categorized as like any 80s villain like shake your head very rapidly and and spit things mm-hmm. and that was where i kind of i it kind of took me out a little bit i was like yes we know that there was mocking and jeering and this is where it kind of this is that's where it left me a little bit oh. that was the more sort of grotesque thing that i took away was like mm-hmm. these guys are like having fun and that's kind of where i get that that's where i get maybe where people um were a bit offended about portrayals of those those characters story and it was a little tongue-in-cheek no it was a lot tongue-in-cheek but it was it said if um you are interested in seeing a (laughs) uh healthy human uh have the have their body just completely destroyed on screen um, then this movie's for you. And I was like, okay. Uh, I, I think there is some element of, <laughs> you know, accuracy and realism that, that needs to be portrayed here. It was, you know, by all accounts, a very violent and gruesome process. Um, I think as a movie though, if I'm Mel Gibson and um, I'm making a movie about Jesus, I don't want everyone to leave the theater with their shoulders just slumped and, you know, depressed. That is not what I want. I mean, what, what is your goal here? What is your I goal? Think, I think that's a hundred percent what it is. I mean, I think that's a Brandon. Sure. I think, I think, you know, you might not want that. I think a hundred percent. That's what Mel's goal was, is to like show people like you, you did this, you know, exactly. And what you said is you watched it. Uh, as a as a good Christian man on Good Friday as your as your civic duty, and I feel like it's not an Easter movie. It is a Good Friday movie. You don't put this yeah. on on Sunday after after church and feel good. Mm-hmm. But do we watch oh. it as oh, a form 100%. of chastisement? Are we are we getting our licks in before we're able to feel yep. good on Easter Sunday? Because that is Maybe. not that's not what we're, that's, that's not what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I think another thing, Michael, that you brought up, and you know, I it really. It might be now having like, you know, a nicer TV and watching this on the Blu-ray, but it, it's one of those things where, yeah, when the when the leaders show up, like Caiaphas has like yellow teeth mm. and there's a dude with an eye patch, you know, like the temple, they're all like kind of like gnarly looking for for mm. lack of a better of a better term. And, you know, Monica Bellucci is like, you know, a beautiful Italian actress and the guy who's playing John, he's he's a good looking guy. Mm-hmm. So, the, you know, I'm it's not not there, I think. Yeah. And and I think the other issue is as much as Mel Gibson said that this isn't, you know, an anti-Semitic movie, you can take that at face value. But then when he gets pulled over yeah. years later sure. and is spewing it out, I think that it gives people, you know, wonder about like well was that always there like maybe that wasn't the intent but i think it made people think like was that an underlying thing in in the movie yeah real quick side note does caiaphas because caiaphas goes up to jesus at the cross right i'm like i don't remember that in the word at all that's not there right am i missing i don't know that it's caiaphas specifically no or whoever the, that leader was yeah i don't think so right if we can I, research I think- that 
I think he's because in the Gospels it talks about like the people. I think he is the people in in this movie. Gotcha. And then with you saying that, it does feel a little bit more. Let's let's hammer in. Like, look how evil they are. Why are they evil? We don't yeah. know. But just look how bad they are. This cartoon character. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, because again, like, let's get the chosen jar out. Like the Pharisees in that show. <laughs> like, I don't agree with them, but I understand a hundred percent of why they're feeling the way that they're feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're not like cartoonish bad guys. They're people who are having their belief, their sacred beloved beliefs challenged, and they're not taking it super well. Like you watch that and it makes sense. Whereas in this movie, when none of the characters are are established, it's it's like really I understand why you could take it as like, you know, as being like, well, they're not fleshed out characters because they're not. And and, you know, it's not. I mean, it isn't just the Jewish leaders, like the Roman guards, like again, like one of those, those are the people I was most specifically referring to. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. were no, none of them were good looking. Yeah, at no. all. Mm-mm. None of them were even really mediocre, except the one who like had doubts concurrently through yeah. the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um. So again, like it's it's not not there. Um. So Jim Caviezel. You know, he seems like a like a sweet guy. A listening audience, if you don't know, he went through the ringer making this movie. He got struck by lightning. He got struck by Goodness lightning. Goodness gracious. He, he got he when they're hitting him with the sticks in the movie, they accidentally hit him yep. in the movie. Yep. He uh dislocated his shoulder, he got migraines, he got hypothermia, yeah. like and this movie kind of like ruined his career. He went through it in this movie, and I'm curious, what did, uh, Michael, you're an actor, what did you think of his performance? So, I've been doing a couple of film and TV auditions recently, and that's more of like a thank you God thing, rather than, oh, how wonderful. (laughs) But, um, I didn't, I don't think his performance particularly stood out to me. And I didn't mind that yeah. at all. When I thought about like, how did he do? And I was like, I didn't think he was doing anything particularly like, this is my take on this. Mm-hmm. I think he, whether he was trying to or not, I think he did just enough to allow the the events of the story to speak for themselves. Yeah, I believed, the, I think the moments where he got me the most were talking to God bef- right before his death. Yeah, I was like, yeah. that makes sense to me. I believe everything that you're, I believe what you're doing. I believe that this is agonizing for you. And I can see you talking to all of the people that you're making eye contact with. Also, I think he has at least three or four different eye colors in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what is up with so that? His, his eyes are actually blue and they CG'd, okay. they CG'd his eyes brown, which that's okay. the thing that doesn't quite hold mm. up. That's yeah, like the main. Green. Yeah. Yeah, they almost look green. They're like peering in some in some moments, and uh, well, at one point he's yeah. made to look like he broke blood vessels. Correct? I mean, his yeah, the, yeah. yes, red. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, yeah, yeah, totally. Before you were saying this movie isn't a Jesus movie, and I think your analysis of his performance kind of supports that. Like, thanks, man. In a movie where everything is happening to you, it makes sense to give the performance. Like you said, it's kind of like I'm everything's happening to me. He's more reactive instead of, he's, yeah, he's not trying to make a statement. He's being drug along. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and I don't mean to say this in a flippant way, 
But there are some moments where I'm not even sure how much acting he's really doing. Totally. Mm. Y- you know, like. Yeah, because he was apparently he was really getting hit. Didn't know that. Me neither. And struck by lightning. So, dude, the story of him getting hit, like, is one of the. I was like, Jim, what? you are too nice. So, is it like, the whipping the, scene or what? It's the whipping scene, mm. but like not because the, the the leather straps were never near him. It was like a handle. Then they CGI'd in the leather later. The wooden things that they like use at the beginning. The flogs. Yeah. Yeah. Those he had a thing at his back and they were hitting the thing at his back. Right. One of the guys missed and like hit him. Jeez. And Jim was like, it took all the wind out. He's like, it knocked the wind out of me. And then he was just like, but I thought in my head, like, well, OK, that won't happen again. And then it ha- and you like there's actual footage. It happens again, and you hear him like just yell, and he rips his hands out of the thing and like walks off set. And I was like, <sighs> "Yeah, wow, Jim!" Like, <laughs> wow. Um, we have kind of talked about that the movie goes too far, and I wonder if we could maybe elaborate on that a little bit. In what? In what areas do we think it goes too far? Is it just the violence or is it in other areas as well? There was, uh, Mel talks about in a couple of, I want to talk about, I want to talk about Satan, if I may. It's always an interesting choice to put him in your movie. Um, and I was not necessarily out when the character was initially introduced. I was like, oh, that's a, that's a choice. Okay. Mm. The whole like bug in the nose thing though, kind of tipped me off that like, stylistically you seem to try to be surgically attaching something to this that it might be quasi successful but isn't necessary right um there were elements of the supernatural because mel talked about in interviews about like the supernatural warfare of the moment and the things that are happening in the background between angels and demons and there was some really cool stuff to play with the characters that he appears to are given significance yeah. And it makes sense with context of knowing the story already. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so like him appearing to Jesus in the garden and um, kind of pacing around him during the beatings makes sense to me. Although things got 300 a little bit and that like the like the the what I'm assuming was the Antichrist. This like weird 50 year old baby with some hair on his back that he was coddling during this moment i'm not i'm not sure what that was about no it that was those were moments i felt like were too far Hmm. in the in the the fact that like you i don't think you need to put all of these i don't think you need to incorporate the supernatural stuff here i think it'll read for the people that you need to read it to right so i didn't get yeah sorry well so what i read about that scene uh, the way mel described it he said um that in his mind, evil takes something that's good and wholly distorts it. And so he was saying, like, what's more beautiful than, like, a mother holding their newborn child? And he's like, so we put that in the movie, but then we distort it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, gotcha. I-, I get it. I don't understand its placement. Like, it's, uh-uh. yeah, and, like, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. And I didn't get why. I got why he appeared to Jesus. And I got why he appeared to Judas, which I actually think is an even more interesting choice. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. there is scripture on being handed over to Satan, <laughs> yeah. like in that moment. Yeah. And that makes it all the more interesting for me. I did not get why Mary saw him. Um, oh, I, uh, I didn't even notice that. When he's, it's, and I think it's in the moment before she actually goes to actually speak to him yeah. on the road 
to Golgotha. Oh, gosh. She sees Satan in the crowd, and it's almost filmed in such a way that, like, this is her moment to be there for him. And he's almost there as a, and I, if anyone has any thoughts on this, please chime in. But it seems like he's the, he's the temptation to act out of fear and not approach him or be there for him or to run away like everyone else has. But I think even that's dialing it in. I just didn't get it. I was yeah, like, no. I get the first two. I don't get why Jesus's mother is seeing him mm. right now. In, completely unrelated though. But that scene when Mary goes to Jesus, like, well, that that, that, that was my me. yeah. That was the the one scene that I remember from 2004 that really yeah that really got to me. Um, I yeah, think there's man. just a you know something so um, innocent about like a relationship between uh, you know a mother and a child. I think I mean you just can't. <laughs> I don't. It, it, it that moment was it, really did, played on screen. I think did it hit you but differently was, as a parent now, Brandon? Nope, because I was uh, still a son. Uh, you know, like I, I feel like it. Right, it was right. um, just feeling feeling for the mother. I think is uh, uh, really nothing she could do. She can't pick him up. She can't comfort him. You know, he has. She knows he has to do this. I I do feel like um, there are scenes that I, I you know. As as a mother watching her son be put through this, it would, you know, I feel like you would come unglued seeing some of these things, and um, so I feel like there is a like we get the impression that she knows he has to go through this because she keeps herself pretty contained. Um, I think that's one thing that we that we lose. You really need some context there. Um, I yeah. feel like this movie maybe uh, does skimp on the context. We've talked about that a little bit, but um, if, if you're a mother, I mean, you're watching this for the, and you, you know that this is uh, Jesus's mother. She would be coming, you know. I, I think that may get lost on some a little bit. Why is she? How is she able to be so, you know, um, passive and contained? And um, I don't know. I, I just totally. I I. I think we're. Mi- I just think it's missing some things. It's missing some layers here. You know, it's. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Brandon, what you were saying, what you and, and Michael both said, was you need the context, and that's why I don't think it's an evangelical tool. Because if you just got dropped in, so much would be lost, and I think that that takes into account like the players, who these people are. I think that's a, a good point. Of oh yeah, it's it's a context thing. It could be a four hour movie, but I think you need more. I don't want the four hour version. Mm. Didn't yeah. didn't Tyler Perry recently try to do a passion thing he for did. NBC that was about probably two or three hours? He did. He did. And, you know, again, with the Chosen's getting a lot of money tonight for me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, again, the context, like I remember at the end of season one of the Chosen, I was like, oh, my gosh, like I'm going to see Jesus die like. I don't know how I'm going to handle that. Mm. Like, I don't like, I don't know how I'm going to be able well, to and, deal with that. And that's like, a great point, man. That's such a great point. The, and, and we will care about that death the way that I'm not saying I didn't care about this one, but I'm saying yeah. the only reason I cared about it was because all of the things that I've been taught growing up and all the thought, everything that I brought with me mm. to the movie, that's why I cared about mm. it. Well, well, and also they're not going to have to go as hard into the violence and the gore, you know, because like we already like 
know, we have the context. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to make it as violent as it is. And, you know, I I I understand the idea of wanting the audience to turn their head. I I do get it. But, you know, what what do you want your audience to to leave with? Like you were saying, Brandon, like at the end at the end of the day, what do you want your audience to walk away from? Like knowing Jesus loved you, like, you know, like that is very powerful. Like there is something about like, I think if you watch this movie and you don't take um, the guilt away from it, that there's something really beautiful in watching all this happen. And to know that like Jesus says like, and you were worth it. Like Mm. you, not like the collective you, but like, you, Michael, you, Brandon, you, Jimmy, were worth were worth all of this. Like, that is beautiful and powerful. And absent from this movie. Yeah, because I'm I'm confused because at the end at the end of the movie, when when Mary looks into the camera, I really am not sure like how I'm supposed to feel. Like, is she looking into the camera going like this was for you or is she looking into the camera like what have you done because like honestly mm-hmm. i i really couldn't get a grasp on how i was supposed to feel at the end i couldn't tell if she was actually looking into camera or not and i think it was because i wanted her to not be mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was like it looks kind of askew there was a second when i thought she was looking at the crown and nails on that right. like rock but it yeah. didn't it didn't the shots didn't match up so i don't think it yeah. was that Mm-hmm. Well, Mel said she's supposed to like look in the camera at the end. Gotcha. And then I'm like, well, how do you what What do you want me to say? And it's interesting. Noah Heisinger thinks that that's where the movie should have ended, that there shouldn't have been any shot of the resurrection at all. But as a film lover, I get that. Mm-hmm. But this audience like needed sure. something like at the end. Ten second hole in the hand at the end. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You know what's crazy? I read the script for this. I read the screenplay, and I think it was an early draft. The script is way more violent than the movie. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. way more stuff happens that is just, like, incredible. Like, it was a dark, dark read. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a very intense... And and again, like I said earlier, I don't want to dismiss anyone's experience. If this was a you know a spiritual, emotional experience for you, I don't want to take that away from you. I do think it goes too far in some places. We're talking about how it goes leans into the violence and how the the resurrection is is short at the end. Was it always supposed to be that short at the end? Is there a version where you know we get Jesus? You know, the draft of the script fishing. that I read, it wasn't even there. Wow. So is this the, I, that's I, the best part of the yeah. story. He comes back. He shows himself. Yeah. But that's not this. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy, you're so right. <laughs> that That is the best part of the story. And so I think leaving it out, it does lean into the like, you know, you should feel pretty bad that, that you did this. It's irresponsible. You know? I think that's mm. I think that's what we're, we're beating around the bush. This is irresponsible yeah, sure. to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah, th- this is such a powerful. It could have been such a powerful. I'm actually watching it with subtitles right now and i I, i'm such a big miss here just such a miss you know missed opportunity i think is Mm -hmm. what i keep coming back to i feel like um there are plenty of movies that take creative license plenty of movies you know i think of a movie like noah um with uh, russell crowe i 
you know, yeah. it's, it's whatever, but he took lots of creative license there. And, you know, we've remarked, I know I've had discussions if he'd had, if he hadn't, the movie would be 30 minutes long. I mean, from the scripture that he was pulling from the movie oh, yeah. would have been a couple of scenes, you know, so we get it. You're going to make this movie. You, you need creative license. I feel like you really have to be careful what you're taking yeah. license yeah. with. Yeah. You really have to be careful. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like such a delicate touch was uh, taken here. I, no, I agree. I don't. I would agree. I don't feel like the same um, uh, sense of responsibility was um, felt. So yeah. I, I hope I'm not coming across as too uh, too harsh here. But no, yeah, it, no. It, I caught myself um, maybe about an hour in with just like a, a grimace that had been resting on my face since the opening scene. And mm. you know, you brought up the chosen a couple times, Zach. I've that was the only thing that kept running through my head. Gosh, I wish I was watching The Chosen right now. You know, it's just, it just is, <laughs> it, well, so far, it is doing all the right things, I feel like. It's, it's being yeah. responsible. It's, it's making me feel, uh, you know, proud to have grown up in the church. And guilt mm. has, guilt has no responsibility, I mean, has no place here in my mind. I mean, um, I don't feel like, you should be making a movie just to make people feel guilty. So mm. I don't Definitely. know. Yeah. Can we talk about the impact that this movie had on, on, on film? Like again, highest grossing R rated movie of all time. And I feel like for Christians, I, I think about the line in Avengers when Thor says your work with the Tesseract is what drew Loki to it, it lets the other like realms know that the war that Earth is ready for a higher form of war. I think when Christians like, like because again, like we had been getting like left behind with Kirk Cameron <laughs> and like stuff like for you know that you pop in the VHS and, and you watch it and it's fine. I think this movie comes out, which Mel makes with his own money because no studio wants to back it distributes it on his own and all of a sudden the bar is raised forever for for christian movies you know i i think a movie like um lion the witch in the wardrobe from disney i mean mm. i don't think it would have been as successful if passion of the christ hadn't come out because i think it i think passion of the christ got christians back in the theater brandon mm. you said you know, rented at your church, rented out a movie theater. Tons of churches were renting out movie theaters. And, you know, this movie comes out, makes all the money. And I, it tells people like, hey, we want, <laughs> we like when our thing, when our things are made well, mm -hmm. you know, we like our movies to be made well. But then it, it's interesting beca because it becomes like a matter of like, well, who's allowed to make it? There's like a ground. I, I thought about this afterwards. And there, there, uh, there's this grim feeling of like gaining ground in the film industry for Christianity, mm -hmm. which the concept of which, and I realize that that is the foundation of this podcast, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the concept of which sickens me mm. because uh, this movie was not necessarily made for the Christian community, despite the fact that 
they have the best context for viewing it. Yeah. Which is an interesting little paradox. Yeah. And I think that is why the impact I think that I'm thinking right now is that it's easy for me to visualize this as a lot of people who are not putting a whole lot of thought into the process of the movie or what it means to go like, oh, well, that's one for us. Yeah. Like we finally yeah. got a really successful like Christian movie mm-hmm. and and it totally lets, leads way for like Mary Magdalene could have been a bigger success had it not been complicated like strung up in like with the the Weinstein company oh yeah um oh yeah and I I find that I the impact that I think that movies like this and the movies that it made way for have on me is that we get to tell stories with elements that provoke curiosity and are still grounded in humanity mm-hmm. this is a, still a very like despite all of the the demonic supernatural stuff there's some move there's some like moments in this movie that achieve pure unadulterated humanity mm, yeah um and which is absent that is what i think i that's why i think i take umbrage with a lot of christian medias because it is absent of humanity mm. yeah um and that is all that to answer the question hopefully is what i think this movie has impact wise is that this is a piece that exists and says something about about an integral part of our belief system and did it in a way that showed some of the visceral aspects of it. Maybe not all successfully and too far as we've discussed in some other elements and without context. But I think that that is what I think about when I think about the actual like impact of this movie is that, and maybe in an underrated way. I think people sure. can acknowledge it deep down, mm-hmm. um, but it's not the most discussed and is often kind of flipped on its head of like, we got a good, we got a good one and everyone yeah. watched it and I can <laughs> talk about the people I want to bring to church about it because they've probably seen it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my thought on, on impact. Yeah. Pastor Jimmy. <clears throat> yes. Hey, let me, ju- I, let me, I, let me jump I, in I, here real quick. Yeah. Please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I think <laughs> I think one thing that is rolling around in my head, I am an advocate for um, the unedgy version of biblical s- stories. So I think of like a movie like uh, Last Temptation, which I did enjoy. I am not really always in favor of uh, getting edgy with like, st- you know, biblical story. So uh, I think I think too often. Um, I didn't see Mary Magdalene. I have no idea what it was like. I'm not a Joaquin Phoenix fan, so um, I, I, it really, <laughs> you're not gonna it, like the movie. Okay, so <laughs> I, I just felt like, I felt like because of the kind of person. I mean, I brought my own baggage into this. I know I did, but I felt like the kind, you know, oh, because yeah. of the kind of person he is, this wasn't gonna be for me. I'm I'm not a fan of the edgy version of of biblical story. So, you know, those movies, those movies really aren't for me, even though I may end up liking some of them. Um, Mm -hmm. So I I feel like the passion at the very least was, you know, when I heard about coming out and when I saw it, at least, you know, for a while there, my thoughts were, okay. finally, we didn't get a story that tried to, you know, someone where someone tried to, like, pervert you know, the, the scriptures. I think that was like my big thing for a while. We're, we're, we're just getting a, you know, a scriptural, um, story here. 
sure. watching it now and I'm realizing there actually was probably a lot more creative license, you know, than I had originally thought. But um, sure. I, I, for the most part, when, you know, when we, we talk about like, you know, getting one for Christians and, you know, all the different things that may go into the, that thinking, what I'm thinking is that the Bible contains the best stories ever told. I mean, that yeah. that is w- without a doubt. I mean, in my mind, they are they are in the Bible. It is rich. It is a is a rich source uh, piece of source material. I you know I wonder why we haven't gotten more stories trans and why they don't translate to film. You know, um, as much as the as much as it would seem like they should. You know, I, I just can want. I, well, can I can I tell you why? Please do. You don't yeah. get more. I mean, you don't because again, like this is Mel Gibson. With all of his money, his vision, his way. You know what I mean? Whereas any other Christian movie, you have to get, you have to get like uh, (laughs) the chosen, the chosen, the chosen. The chosen is getting crowdfunded right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's getting Mm -hmm. like crowdfunding and like every other movie, like you have the pure flicks overhead and you have the overhead of whoever else. Like you have to get so many people on the same page Mm -hmm. to get these Christian movies in the Christian market made because like, well, we have to have the tie in with, you know the 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 K Love interviews and we have to have the the Bible study that that's going to go along that someone's going to write and we have to have this and we have to have that like there's so much that like even a movie like Risen which I think is is you know it's, it's not bad there's so many you know there's so many people who are behind the scenes on it like there's so much of a committee that's making it that you're not going to get just this you know straight forward story that Mel Gibson wants to tell just because he's passionate about the story. So I think, you know, Brandon, I think what you're referring to is like a passionate filmmaker making a movie that like is his dream. And a filmmaker, not a pastor trying to make a film as well. I think that's why it's so, it's so good. If you just call it like that. Yeah. I mean, it just, it does just baffle me. 2.3, billion Christians in the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, these stories, these stories don't mm-hmm. get told. They don't get told in quality uh, no. versions, I think, is my no. is the. Um, yeah. Yeah. The differentiating I would make here is, yeah, we've gotten some stuff, but I'm talking about like the big quality. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. cinematic versions that uh, I feel like yeah. we should be getting. Yeah. Totally. G- Jimmy, as as like the resident pastor, is this one after rewatching it? that you would, you know, put on, on a good Friday to like end the Bible study or or something like that? Or where are you kind of landing on this as a movie that, you know, your congregation is going to engage with? Well, call back to, to last, uh, last good Friday. We did watch this on good Friday and I was Mm. with the kids, so I don't remember it, but if I had watched it, yeah, if I would have, if I would have watched it beforehand, I think maybe you know, yeah, I think it's important. I think you need to go in having a good foundation of knowledge of the of the Gospels and knowing the story will really help because it really, if this is an important part, it's the most important part if we're looking at all of it. But I mean, the resurrection is the most important part. But without this, you don't have the whole Gospel story. But um, if you want a more impactful Christian-y movie with a still a good message, it's not as good on paper, but I think Son of God is your best like something mm. like that, where it gets it gives you some of Jesus's teachings. 
it does flesh out the Pharisees a little bit more, not like fully, mm-hmm. but you get a little bit more of the story and you get a more satisfying resurrection, which is not, not the miracle maker. <laughs> the, the mirror. If you, <laughs> if you want nightmares, watch mm-hmm. the, the miracle. Ma- That's what we watched last year. Right. Is that, yeah, the, the stop motion one. Gotcha. Ray finds is yes. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Oh no. It's good. It I is good. It. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. No, it's I if you like stop motion, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a big oh, factor okay. into your enjoyment of the movie. But yeah. That's not often something I hear paired with the term <laughs> story about Christ. <laughs> you have my attention. Yes. <laughs> You know, you don't even have to give me a yes, please, or a no, thank you. Just, uh, I'd, you know, your closing thoughts, I would say, on on the movie. So, uh, Brandon, in, in closing, is there anything you'd like to say about uh, the film? I feel like I was pretty harsh uh, overall on the, the film. And I, I don't I don't apologize. So I'm not I'm not I'm not equivocating here. I just I feel like there is value. Uh, that would be my takeaway. There's value here. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just, you need um, context. You need to have a lot uh, at your disposal to watch this film correctly. Mm-hmm. And if you're watching it um, to uh, chastise yourself on Good Friday, I feel like you're, you, uh, it's being watched incorrectly. I don't think this is, mm-hmm. I don't feel like, um, we are supposed to um, just be ladening ourselves with guilt like this. Um, So uh, yeah, I think there's value here. I don't know that I would ever watch it again by choice. Uh, It was pretty rough uh, (laughs) this time around, but uh, yeah, I I don't think it is um, garbage by any means. I I just, I just think you need, you need to be armed with, um, quite a few uh, tools to watch this. All right, uh, Michael. I kind of, I, Brandon kind of said what I was thinking. I, I, if it was like going to be like a, a yes, please, or a no, thank you, it was going to kind of be a no, thank you with the caveat that like, I do think you should watch this movie, but it's going to be the most impactful if you understand the context of all of the characters. I would say the same thing for Mary Magdalene as well since I was the only advocate for it on the podcast (laughs) Um, because there are moments there are beautiful wonderful moments it achieves of that beautiful intersection that we all want dramatically where like we get the height of a good cinematic story and then you get the humanity that's coupled with it and it just sort of like rather than emphasizing it too much it just draws attention to this very thing that draws you in and I think there are moments in this movie where it is very successful and so i think it is very much worth a watch um but you shouldn't feel bad if you only watch it once Mm. because it's not something that you should like feel like to echo brandon it's not something you should feel like you have to subject yourself to on a on a yearly basis or or a five-year basis or whatever Mm -hmm. but like it's a it's a cool like it's it's a worth investment. It's a worthy investment. Uh, Father Hughes. <laughs> oh boy. 
Yeah, uh, Brandon does have that skill of uh, taking your thoughts and putting him, putting them into better words. I do agree. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it is. I I say it's a yes, please. And we, we talked about the context. If I can make a my own edit of the film, I I think the movie I want to see is maybe you just instead of opening up in the garden, you open up at the Last Supper. Uh, if we shortened the walk to the, the cross carrying to Golgotha because that was like a half hour of the movie and yeah. also yeah. In, in, in scripture it doesn't say that they, they, they threw him down and they, they spit on him all the whole time he did have to have Simon help carry but anyway if you shorten that scene a little bit and then you have a little bit after when he he, he comes back maybe you have him like everybody's sitting around they're cowering because you would care about them cowering because you started the movie everybody's yeah. around the table everything's good what's going to happen and then you, you end them cowering and then jesus comes in and shows himself and you're like wow Man, i feel kind of good but also a how great bad. would that, that scene have been yeah and i guess i'll close it out kind of echoing what everyone's saying but you know i think i wish i could go and tell 14 year old zach like this is not required reading mm. like you don't have to watch this movie and i i say all the time about being your own moral compass and, and things like that. And I think if a, if violence isn't your thing, you know, I know a, a lot of people who, you know, couldn't handle the movie. And I don't think that makes you a bad Christian. I don't think that means you love Jesus any less. I think there are things that are hard to watch. And the movie, like, kind of, like, Mel Gibson prides himself on making a movie that was difficult to watch. And I think that if, if that's you then that's okay. You know, if, if you can't watch this movie, that is completely fine. You shouldn't feel shame about having not watched it. Cause I mean, that was, that was a thing for a long time. Like you didn't see the movie. Like you have to see it. You don't understand what Christ went through unless you see the movie. And I don't know that that's inherently true, you know? And again, I think the the most beautiful thing you could take away from a movie like this, and I wish that they had found a way to lean into this, is the idea of like that you, you were worth, like in, mm -hmm. in the eyes of Christ, you were worth all of this. Not like, I hope you feel bad or like, you know, this is your fault, but like Jesus, Judas Smith has a, has a fantastic sermon called Jesus Loves Barabbas, where, you know, he, he says, you know, I see Jesus, you know, saying, I love Barabbas. I wanted him to go free. Like, I wanted him to, to go and live his life. And like, that he says that of us. I want you to, like, to go and to be free. And I wish that that the movie was, was about that. And, um, you know, I think you can get that if you dig a little bit. But I also am not sure that that was the filmmaker's intent. Conclusion, folks. Um, you know, I think I think everyone else said it best. If if you feel up to it, um, it can be a very powerful experience, and it, it's on Amazon. Um, so if if it's one that you've been curious about and you're thinking about checking it out, it is well made. Um, it's very violent. Um, 
and there's a lot. But if you feel like it's something you want to check out, uh, I, I say go for it. And if you've been apprehensive about it and you don't feel up to it, that's totally cool too. But you know what's really cool is these amazing, amazing, beautiful guests that we've had today. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Jimmy, Michael, Brandon, for uh, for going through this experience with me. Um, is there, Michael, is there anything you would like to plug? Uh, not really. I, I occasionally post songs of the day to my Instagram handle at mewilliams227, mm -hmm. if that's your thing. And um, they're incredible. Really they're incredible. Thank you, man. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> uh, that's it. Nice, nice. Uh, Brandon, is there anything you would like to plug? Yeah, I got, you know, I got another podcast. Uh, you should definitely check it out. It's called Good Show, and we... You know, we attack the wide world of streaming services, and uh, you can find us at the Good Show Podcast on Instagram um, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you, Zach, for that little yeah. little moment there. You got it, uh, Jimmy. Any, is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, always, always plug in, uh, spending time with God and in, in prayer. If you're not doing so already, you know, you can you can start right after this ends and. Uh, Always plugging the Bible every every day, but particularly uh, while we're in the season, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You know, read one, read two, read them all, and just um, it's the season, and it, it's it's the season where it's the most real. I feel every year it feels like reading those books, especially during this time, is is impactful. So, go ahead and do it. Nice. And uh, in closing, just the standard stuff: our Instagram, uh, Mitch Dupree's LinkedIn. Um, all, all of that. Um, and then just, just a reminder, uh, next month, April, I'm getting married. So we are going to be, <laughs> we're going to be taking a one month break. Um, because <laughs> this show, while I love doing it, it, it does take a lot of time and effort and I just won't have that much free time. So we'll be turning off the mic for a little bit, but we have some very exciting things that are uh, going to be coming out in May. And this show, uh, this was episode 50. Whoa. This wow. Been, yeah, Whoa. yeah. So uh, if you've been with us since the beginning, uh, thank you. And if you're just joining us now, thank you so much. Uh, we want the show to keep on getting better. We want to keep on uh, growing as as people and as content creators. So, you know, just keep engaging with us and keep listening. And we'll see you all in May. But until then, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Jimmy. I've been Mr. Brandon. And I've been Mr. Michael. You never
So I am resting, say.